0: Welcome to the Mount Hammer Podcast, Episode Twenty Six. I am Mo, and I'm here with the awesome and lovely Luke and Eleanor. How are you both?
1: Very well, thank you, man. I'm <laughs> very, very well. well too. I wasn't expecting the really nice intro; it threw me off. Awesome, <laughs> awesome and lovely.
0: Awesome and lovely. You are. How's your How's your week's been? Been away for a bit, which we'll
1: talk about for a little oh, bit. I we was but... partying the entire time we were away. Are you? Missing you. No, no. I was partying too.
2: <laughs> we party for Luke's birthday, didn't we? Luke? Oh yeah. Oh we did. Yeah
1: yeah yeah. Happy birthday, Luke Morton. Yeah. Thank you very much. I got very drunk on good Friday night and had a lovely time. Get
0: anything nice? What did I get?
1: Herb, clothes and money. You got I'm too new... old now. So. <laughs> you got a new lunchbox. And I did get a lunchbox. Really? What lunchbox? It's just a blue lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing really exciting. But, but I am. I'm bringing my own food to work now, guys. Yeah. I can't afford to eat around these fancy new parts of London.
0: Wow. What a lovely time. Uh, don't forget that the latest issue of Melthammer Hammer is still on sale now. still what's still on sale now? <laughs> God, I've only been away a few days. It is an Iron Maiden spectacular. They have just about, in fact, they've kicked off now, I think. They've just landed yeah. in the UK, haven't they? Started new- in Newcastle last yeah, night. did Newcastle last night. Uh, Tuesday night, if you're listening to this on uh, Thursday or Friday. Uh, Iron Maiden are tearing up the UK as we speak on what is beyond the doubt the most epic stage show they have ever put together. We've got the only interview with the band about it, or we'll read it in the new issue right now. And also, don't forget that we've still got those special Iron Maiden bundles on sale. We've got a couple of those still knocking about. You get a Faro uh, Eddie patch. The copy of the new issue of Melthammer and an exclusive Iron Maiden mystery mini figure of oh. Eddie. They are sick as fuck, um, and we've only got a few left, so get on them because they will all go eventually. I can promise you that.
1: Guess what I did this weekend? You had a quiet night in and nothing happened.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Heavy Montreal, guys. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Who? Uh, uh It was. It was awesome. It was awesome. It's the second time I've been there. I went a couple of years ago. Um, and then they took a year off last year, I think, because the festival scene is getting increasingly crowded in North America. So I think right. uh, you, you see festivals kind of take a year off every now and again over there at the moment. Uh, but yeah, it's awesome. Montreal, I, I'll say as a side note, is just one of the best cities ever. Um, it's, if anyone ever gets a chance to go there, go there. It's brilliant. It's beautiful, full of lovely French-Canadian people <laughs> speaking French at you and just being nice. How was it French? pretty. Uh not bad. I did I did make the effort, but um, uh, some of the people in Montreal are quite French in that they're all, they're either really nice and Canadian or the slightly more French areas they get a bit fed up if you try and to speak French at them and it's just not working. so They just go, ugh and just talk to you in English." So, I did I did try. I've been practicing on Duolingo. Um, so yeah, it was all right. I, I gave it a go, you know. I recognised a, a pub called Papillon men Butterfly. Yeah, that's, that's That's something I've learnt. So. Sweet. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, but anyway, the moral of the story is it's a really nice city and I highly recommend it if you're ever thinking of going out to Canada and such like. Um, and yeah, the festival was fucking great. It's at this, uh, this semi-man-made park that's on an island in the middle of the St. Laurent um, River. It's like their version of the Thames. And it's got this big old green, nice looking island on it that they host festivals on. Uh, and the t- Heavy Montreal was over two days. And on the Friday, I actually went to a punk festival called 77 Fest. Punk's not really my thing. Mm. Um, so I was kind of there just like observing and seeing what was going on. And, you know, um, but yeah, that was decent. And it was a bit, a bit smaller. They only used about two thirds of the Heavy site for it. Felt like quite a family um, atmosphere, which is weird okay. for a punk festival that like sick of it all are playing. But. <laughs> um, th- all kids under 10 could come in free or something like that. So, a lot of like you could see all these older punks bringing their kids along, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. Nice to see them getting a, a festival experience. Yeah. I saw Anti Flag, who are really good. Again, not my thing, but I thought that what they were doing was great. Sick of it all, great. Um, I saw me first in the Gimme Gimme Gimme's. I think they're crap. Yeah. Uh, just like I don't like that type of music at the best of times, but just twee covers of songs. I just can't be doing with it. I saw the Interrupters, who I know are a very hotly tipped band at the moment in yeah. that scene. I thought they were great as well. Um, rise Against are really good, but undoubtedly the band of that day was AFI. You surprised uh... okay. Yeah, predictable, because they are one of my favourite bands. But um, yeah, they were great. Although I do have to say, once again, not the most uh, kind of passionate crowds going, which is weird. Not the most partisan crowd, basically, for AFI. So that's three times I've seen them in the last year or so now, and I still feel like I haven't seen them with a crowd that's really there for AFI. Do you fair. Well, the past...
1: Two times was like death tones and download. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I guess yeah, yeah. But neither of which were their show. Sure. I think if you saw with yeah. download,
0: I kind of hoped that because it was their first, you know, it's a festival show, you're gonna get a lot of fans coming to see band that yeah, you yeah. yeah, yeah. I was um, really wound
1: up by that download crowd. To be fair, for AFI, yeah. I was just talking over it. I didn't give a shit. It was weird,
0: and and I'd say that it got better as the the set went along. Um, they played like a couple of rarer tracks that I didn't see them play last time around. They played like a greetings and goodbyes. Um, off the art of drowning, they played Lost Souls as well. Paper Aeroplanes, obviously, in the story was great. Uh, and once they kind of got into a, a home run of, like, you know, Days of the Phoenix, This Murder, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, people, you, you can feel the atmosphere pick up a bit. But in terms of the performance, they were just amazing. Like, Havoc, David Havoc is one of the best frontmen of all time. He sounds amazing. They yeah. all look cool as fuck when they're there. Um, so, easily, easily stole the day for me. Uh, but then we went on to the main event, which was Heavy Montreal, which is a much more metal festival, much more in our ballpark, um, at just one of the most kind of, not random, but varied lineups, I think, of the summer so far. You had like Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie, kind of, um, you know, Limp Biscuit as well, who stepped in for events in Sevenfold at Short Notice. So you've got those kind of real like mainstream metal bands, but then you've also got real like critically acclaimed cool bands like Ajira, Emperor played, Baroness were there. Um, you got like weird stuff like Voivods, you had Thrash, like Power Trip, Sleep were on there, asking, uh, asking Alexandria and Hollywood Undead were on there, so you had the kind of senior stuff as well. So it was a real mixed festival and it made for a really cool lineup. You just saw, mm. you, you really saw fans of every kind of wake of metal and rock um, there across the weekend. Uh, and there weren't really many bad sets, like everyone turned up and was pretty awesome. Yes, that is a band called Ultra Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Just pointing out stuff. On the, I was just on the, looking at the poster. I saw a bit of them, I couldn't, I think it was some kind of kooky, wacky shit. I wasn't really into it. Uh, but yeah, day one, but, um, Paul Bearer were great. Uh, they were on quite a big stage. There were like two main alternating stages like Sonisfar used to have over here. Oh yeah, yeah. And Paul Barrow were on one of those and it did swallow them up a little bit. They didn't look like they quite knew how to kind of move around it and fill it, but they sounded really good. Um, The Black Dahlia Murder were absolutely crushing to the surprise of no one, I'm sure. Napalm Death were great. Baroness were probably the band of day one for me. Just a band that seems to keep on getting better and better and better and more brilliant. Yes, don't do bad shows. Yeah, just so gorgeous. Songs that can be kind of heavy and make you want to bang your head off and then cry your eyes out (laughs) in the space of two minutes. They're just one of the best bands in the world right now, I think, and they're awesome. Um, I need to talk about... (laughs) how much canadians love ales to It's so I think any anyway, so if we just take away the fact that they're a part of a metal band and they do what they do we've talked about gimmicks and metal on here before and stuff you know they're a pretty big bands mm-hmm. probably you could make a, a serious argument that one of the biggest british metal bands of the last 10 years yeah, yeah you know yeah. there's not many bands you could generally say they are definitely bigger than that band that said i was absolutely floored to see what must have been at least 20,000 if not a, a bit more than that people turning up to Airstorm and not just turning up but losing their shit and I swear to God seeming to know the words to like every fucking song of the set it was, it was really surreal this is a pirate metal band from Scotland and I would say on the stage they were on that day which was one of the two main stages the only bands that got a bigger uh, turnout were probably in fact of course the whole weekend it was probably the Headliners and Trivium you know, they got a bigger uh, pool than Baroness. They pulled more people than Rise Against did the day before, and they were headlining that festival. It was just bizarre. And, mad, you, mad. you know, you have to say it was a really good atmosphere. They had that big rubber duck that they'd bring out on stage, and they kicked that into the crowd, and it was surfing about. And people were just having a lovely time. People all got on the floor at one point and did that row, row your boat yeah, thing yeah, yeah. that people are doing now. Um, there were crowd surfers, circle pits, lots of proper sing-alongs. I can't look at that and say other oh, than that's anything else in a really fun successful festival set so yeah I think that's fair play yeah. to them it was just, it was just weird to see Baroness be so emotionally involving <laughs> <laughs> and brilliant and then just see these daft pirate metalers turn up and just get a significantly bigger crowd that's so weird you right? know like I'm not mad about it because it's a festival people are there to have fun but it was it was weird
1: yeah in a weird way I'm quite looking forward to seeing them at Bloodstock like it's not my again th- high up that bill. yeah yeah layers. like third from top but I'm Maybe even the second, but it's not really my thing. I think the first album's a lot of fun, but yeah, that you know that's gonna be ridiculously fun because that's what they do. Yeah. It's just pirates and ducks
0: and anchors and I think it's the time for the naysayers among us, which I'm sure we've all been and just to be clear, there are some Alexstorm songs which are absolute bangers, like I'll admit that straight up, but um I think it's just the time to just accept them as a kind of kind of like Sabaton really, just they turn up, they do what they do. They, yeah. they make a lot of people have fun live, and that's cool. And you need that at a festival, so fair play to them. Um, the next band I saw after that was Emperor. Like, slightly different <laughs> slightly vibe. Different vibe. Yeah. Um, their first set in Canada, I think, at all, for over a decade or something. Right, cool. So that was really cool. Um, actually, no, so I'm getting mixed up. Technically, Emperor weren't as high up on the bill, but Marilyn Manson played before Emperor because of the way they did the, the stage thing. So, yeah, Manson I saw first. He was okay a kind of didn't he cancel his gig the day before or something it was, he was supposed to play I think it was Toronto a couple of days before yeah. and he pulled out of that gig literally as they were setting his stuff up on stage because he's touring with Rob Zombie at the moment and Zombie had to come on and do a longer set and I think he might have even covered a Manson song yeah he covered Sweet Dreams one. that's pretty cool um, so not Manson song, but yeah. Well, yeah, a, cover, a Manson song well yeah Manson cover <laughs> uh, and yeah it was okay like I think with Manson now it's just uh, I don't know it's you just you want it to be good so badly that i think you accept sets which if you'd if you've been transported through time from 15 years ago and were like this is what a Manson set's going to be like in 2018 you would be like that is fucking yeah abysmal but because we've seen him be even worse than he is live around kind of 2009 to 2011 time when he was really really off it you kind of go to sets like that where everyone's having fun he seems to be enjoying himself but, and, it, and to be fair, if he if he was ill and that's why he had to pull the set, then he might have been ill, so he wasn't quite on his A game. I don't know. It's it's a hard one with Manson. I so desperately wanted to be good that I feel like I let him off sometimes.
1: Yeah, I'm the same. You sort of feel like, oh, he's hit and miss, but he misses way more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah he it's, does. It's and a it, real shame.
0: It was probably the least good Manson set I've seen in about three or four years. Um, but that's not to say it was terrible. It was just... You know, I've enjoyed Manson sets a lot more recently, and that one wasn't wasn't all that. But there was an absolutely uh, colossal thunderstorm that uh, came down one song from the end, which meant he did beautiful people while it was fucking it down, and there was full oh, lightning okay. in the background. So that was quite that was quite cool. That was a bit weird.
2: I don't really believe any of that negativity about Manson anyway, but it was just really good.
0: Okay, you believe that? <laughs> oh, that's fine. Uh, not just not having it. No, no we wanted to see him at Wembley, and I uh, refused to have it that some songs are better than none. It was Like, no, all attend. They're <laughs> all good. Yeah. All good. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a festival set, so everyone's pissed. Everyone's having a good time, so it was a good vibe, a good atmosphere. I just think, given some of the other stuff I've seen that day, I can't say that was quite as good. Uh, yeah, day two of the festival also brilliant. shoutouts to Sleep, Asking Alexandria, really good. Gajira are just that band that turn up and just be amazing. Yeah. They just don't do bad sets, so it's it's all like you can never not be blown away by it. But they just did exactly what I expected, which was just turn up and were brilliant. So that was good. Um, I saw Get the Shot for the first time. Oh, you talked about that before you left. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It was a d- like as far as kind of hard double headers go, it was Get the Shot followed by Power Trip, which was like this kind of amazing ninety minutes of like thrashy hardcore brilliant. metal. Uh, yeah, Get the Shot from Quebec, Quebec City. So they're not, well, it's probably quite a big uh, province to be honest, but they're from the French part of Canada anyway. Um, So they spoke in French a bit and a lot of people seem to be really into them. I don't know if it was kind of half a homeland band vibe, but they were great. Definitely check them out, by the way, if you haven't before. Uh, Power Trip, again, just mentioned it with Gazira. one of those bands that already it feels like they just turn up and they just don't do bad sets. They don't know how. They just smash it every time. And Trivium as well like one of the bands of the day one of the bands of the whole weekend so good being on the other side of the world and seeing that band especially with how in north america they always struggle compared to england to fill big venues mm. they pulled a fucking massive crowd and they absolutely crushed it Was it just a proper right across the spectrum they played at least something from every album uh including and post ascendancy i think oh no they didn't play anything off the crusade i don't think Um, but yeah everything sounded good Um, it was cool seeing people probably lose their shit for um, oh no what's that song what's the good song of the Draymond album Strife Uh, people went mental for that one so it's interesting to see how because it was I imagine it was a very big deal in America when they did um, the David Draymond album Vengeance Falls yeah yeah, yeah. because he's such such a big deal over there um, and you could kind of see that in the in the crowd reaction. it got a way bigger response than I think it would have over here. So that was quite interesting. And yeah, just just so good to see that band absolutely crushing it. I nipped off um, just before the end of their set to catch a little bit of Chemists. Oh, cool! They were fucking great yeah, as well. Yeah, they were good. Uh, kind of doom metal bands, kind of in the vein of Paul Bearer. And if you like that last Paul Bearer album, you probably like the, the Chemist album that they just put out on their Nuclear Blast. They were really, really good. Yeah, caught a bit of them at Roadburn this year. Oh, yeah, cool. It was yeah, just riffs and yeah, yeah it was wicked. Exactly. Not, not, not so fun. So it was yeah, really good as well. Um, Hollywood and were just mm. big. Got a big crowds, but it was weird. It wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. They got a lot of kind of more uh, straight up like radio rock stuff. Okay. That's not really rap metally at all and they were doing weird covers in, I don't know. It wasn't for me. Fair enough. By the time I actually popped around to see a bit of them, none of them were wearing masks or anything. So I don't know if that's like a thing. I don't really know. I think it might just be they come on in masks and then take it off again. Yeah, maybe. it was weird. It made For me, it made it very mm-hmm. underwhelming because I was like, oh, it'll probably be a show and it'll be a bit of a spectacle, but it was just, just, just kind of basic now. US radio <laughs> rock bands. Yeah. Like, not for me, I'm afraid. Now, Limp Bizkit. <laughs> but- why
1: we're all here.
0: I would slightly preclude this by saying um, my biggest issue with Limp Bizkit gigs over the past probably five years or so is that they've really started relying on just dropping random cover songs and I think when you've got a back catalogue that good you don't need to do that. I don't need to hear, I mean they didn't do the, this this time but I don't need to hear Limp Bizkit cover Nirvana or something. No that was the worst thing i you I've know seen. what I mean? Like totally pointless. Well, unnecessary. What? You it's like wrong. that? No, it's wrong. Oh, right. <laughs> <good at> <laughs> You're wrong. Go back for that, then. It's wrong. It is wrong. It's just unnecessary. Um, that said, they came in at Heavy Montreal as very late um, replacements for Ben Sevenfold, who have had to cancel their talk as Shallow's voice is in a bit of trouble. Fucking hope they get that sorted very soon. Yeah. We need them back on it. Alice and Chains
1: have just been the as replacing them at another festival. Oh, oh, okay.
0: You know, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's not an easy. I don't think Avengers are an easy band to replace, really. There's no obvious band you could slot in that would have a similar, you know, demographic and fan base. So, it was probably a more casual biscuit crowd, and so I get it that they dropped a few covers and stuff. That all said, the first, I would say, half an hour to 40 minutes, maybe longer, was the best. A bit of a Limp Bizkit gig I've ever seen oh, it was yeah. unbelievable they came on with my generation and everyone just lost their shit people were just crowd surfing from the first song two songs in Wes jumps into the third or fourth row like literally gets up on the barrier and like, pole vaults himself <laughs> clears this thing and then just plays the opening notes to break stuff Fred catches on what's going. he kind of catches what's going on jumps into the crowd as well Brilliant. so the two of them are just in the crowd as break stuff kicks off it's all going mental um then they then when it all calms down again after that song fred just goes thank you we are avenged sevenfold and they drop a little bit of unholy confessions so which is good. mental so you just get da, 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 and everyone reacted really well to that then they played rolling so it was just like ridiculous <laughs> then they started fucking around a little bit and they did like a little bit of deep purple and they did a couple of bits of pantera and patriot tribute of billy paul which nice. again under the circumstances was quite cool um And then, yeah, the rest of the set was good. I don't think it quite matched up to that first kind of 40 minutes or so, but they did Hot Dog, Nookie. They did that Rage Against the Machine cover, Killing the Name. Uh, Again, unnecessary in my opinion, but you could tell the crowd reacted well to it, so maybe they weren't expecting it or whatever, so it kind of worked. My Way was great. They did the Faith cover, which is great. Um, They got someone upstate, you know, they get fans on stage to do songs with them. Right. So they got someone on stage... And they gave her the mic to do uh, Eat You Alive. The song started and she just turned around and she went, I don't know what her name was, but it was something like, Hey, I'm Kelly Smith and my Instagram account is blah, blah, blah. Fred Durst went, whoa, 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 whoa. And I fucking snatched the mic off her. She got kicked off the crowd. And then, uh, not the crowd, kicked off the stage and they had to get someone else on to do it. That's so funny. And I was like... Basically, what happened was some fuck nut jumped up on stage pretending that they knew the Luis Olympic Biscuit song just so they could plug their Instagram. I was like, What world are we living that in is now? so funny. And there was a lot of confusion what was going on because people were kind of just getting into the song and then he stopped. So that, that killed the momentum a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it struggled a little bit to get back on probably after that. But they got a dude on who was like a proper metalhead looking guy. He was running in Flames t shirt. Oh, he all the way to eating me alive. So that was really brilliant. cool. Um, and then they <laughs> That's did. so
1: good about the Instagram thing.
0: It was so, so it was so weird. It was so weird. Um and uh, then yeah they did behind blue eyes which was actually I know some people don't like that cover I really like that cover yeah, I thought, I thought it was really cool it was a big festival sing along and then they did take a look around and it was biblical so yeah basically that that first opening forty minutes stole the whole weekend for me which is quite cool because obviously they didn't they didn't uh, get added until quite late on but yeah ac- apart from Manson being a bit hit and miss and Hollywood Undead um being bum not really. Not really a bad band across no, all weekend. Like a good old time for Merlin. It was epic. Shout out to Heavy Montreal and uh, yeah, hopefully, well done. hopefully do it next year. Wonderful. What's been going on in metal while I've been away? Well, while you've been away... <laughs> Eating poutine and watching new metal. <laughs>
1: well, Merlin. Uh, Behemoth, or Behemoth, whichever we decide the way say. Behemoth. I think. Behemoth um, are teasing something uh, through lots of controversial pictures of Nurgle being crucified. Um, yeah, they are
0: not fucking around, are they? New.
1: I'm fulling
2: on the old religion. And yeah. if you
1: recite a prayer into your computer microphone, you can hear some new material, which sounds like just a weird, quiet intro.
0: Did you try that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I didn't. That's I, I, I was going to ask you. Wow, you not, you... not buying into the viral marketing <laughs> at Not all. really. I, I, I was like, just like, like no, not
2: a a You were talking about this yesterday. I didn't know, does it give you a specific prayer a site, or do you have to make yeah, it? Yeah, I, right? think, I think
1: there's something you have to read off the screen or whatever. But Lewis, who um, also works at Hammer, said, author. Author. He said, he said if you wait long enough, you can just hear it anyway. So I was like, oh, fair, fair enough. enough. I
2: want to know what prayer it is, Lee. You're not giving you enough information. Well,
1: okay. I've got a bit of information, but a tiny, tiny amount. Uh, so I'm on fans my phone. wishing to. Where am I going? To hear the audio. I think it's Um You have to yeah, recite. <laughs> You have to recite a short prayer before the snippet can be heard, but apparently you, you might not need to. But there's also a countdown on the website which ends this Friday. So who knows what's gonna happen. But I'm I, ready
2: to pray. Here's a prayer. I'm praying. I'm praying to my phone. I'm phone praying. Brilliant. Finish praying.
0: Are you trying it you're trying this live? This is live on air attempt to crack the Behemoth prayer code.
2: It keeps saying finish praying and start praying.
0: Well this is going great.
2: Why isn't it playing anything?
0: This is the real
1: spirit of radio here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Oh think... hang
2: on, prayer of Behemoth. Living God, I shall not forgive. Jesus Christ, I forgive thee not.
0: Ooh, oh wait. Oh. Uh, is this it? Yeah. Ooh. It's not working now. Well this is just Oh, come on. Oh here we go. Yeah. Are we allowed to play this like this?
2: I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to play music. But... So there was a specific prayer. <laughs> there, was oh, a, there, was was a, there was a prayer, but it that took forever to get known.
0: Yeah, and then we, we might not be able to play it on the podcast anyway for legal reasons. So that's good. That's good. good, so, good.
1: so, yeah, Bayhamoth are doing a thing and yeah. it's probably going to be really offensive.
0: Go listen to it, and uh, if it's anything like The Satanist, it will be one of the metal albums of the year. Because yeah. that was one of the greatest male albums of all time, in my opinion. So Ooh, there you go. controversial. Have that for a take. <laughs> yeah, what else, what oh else is going on?
2: <laughs> I'm still trying to pray, sorry. Forget
0: it, Elve. Stop praying.
2: I am pr- I can't help it now. Uh, well, Slash has released his first single from his new album.
0: Should we try and listen to that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> not this is a prayer. That's what I'm into now.
0: So. What uh, are we saying about the new Slash song, which I've definitely it, not heard because I was away?
1: <laughs> it's all right it's it's a weird one because i really like slash I, and when you listen to him you can tell it's him and i think that's great because not many guitarists that are like that but it's miles's voice i do struggle with sometimes unfortunately really? yeah like i think he's great and he can sing but i don't know like, yes, that's an understatement isn't it yeah like, Miles can. He's a, i right. think he's great and i think
2: he can sing no yeah, yeah, the fantastic yeah, yeah
1: he's got a fantastic <laughs> voice but i don't know i think i just because you hear like, Slash's guitar and you think, yeah, it's going to be some fucking you know, sleazy rock and roll jam sort of thing. But I think Miles' voice fits that aesthetic that well. But I think the song's all right, personally. Um, but I've never been a big solo Slash guy. I, much, I The Snake Pit stuff I never really bothered about. Even yeah, I The was, first
0: album he did... I mean, actually, I like the first album he did with Miles. I don't know how many albums he's done with Miles now. I thought that was good. I thought the one he did with Guests. Loads of guest vocalists on, like Fergie was on, and all yeah, 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 yeah. It's really bad That was the first person I remember. Like, <laughs> I just stick remember Fergie being on it. That was really good. Um So yeah, and I think eagle-eyed, eagle-eyed followers of your Instagram account might have thought that you had some time with Mr. Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <laughs> yes, I
1: did. The man from Stoke. I, I, I did. Yeah, I had a nice sit down with Slash the other day uh, to talk about well. Anything and everything. Some of the questions came from our lovely readers. Excellent, excellent. uh, Which you can see in a new issue of Metal Hammer soon.
0: Plug, plug. Plug. Little teaser there. But yeah, the song is okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Metallica uh, apparently picking their set list based on local Spotify data, is what it says on these notes. Yes, that is according
1: to Spotify's uh, CEO. Interesting. So uh, me and Luke having a big fight. I'd probably about say system. that if I was the CEO of Spotify. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> me and Luke having a big fight about this, aren't we Luke?
0: Yes, yeah, so you think it's a stupid idea, I think it's a great idea.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, go on. So just, just to clarify, Metallica apparently picked their set list based on Spotify. Well, They look at Spotify and they... The quote from Spotify CEO Daniel Eck, I believe it's pronounced, uh, says
1: uh, you, have art, you have an artist like The Tiger who changes their setlist list on a city by city basis just by looking at Spotify data to see which the most popular songs happen to be in that city. I think that's a cool thing for bands to do.
2: I think it removes an element of spontaneity and you're obviously always going to get bands playing hits, but it's cool when they like, bring something out you've maybe not heard in a while or even something you've not heard and then you live it.
1: But surely you're more likely to hit, get spontaneity if the setlist changes from city to city than if a band goes, like Maiden are playing the same set yeah. every Maiden night nev- Well,
0: occasionally we'll test stuff out early on, but Maiden never really change their sets.
1: Yeah, that's just the setlist for this tour, whereas Batonica are changing it every day. But they only just spit out the bone in London.
2: I think that's a good point about changing it each date. I think that's a valid point. I think that's interesting because you're not going to predict what they're doing in the sense, if you look at the old set list or you go to Mm. a show in a different city, you're going to get another experience. But I also think just choosing them based on the most played songs does remove an element of spontaneity because you're just surely just going to get sort of the biggest hits and stuff like that. And I think it's good to just have wild cards thrown in. Not for the whole set. You don't want to go and see a band play like... All the songs you never listen to. Obviously, you want to kind of connect with it, and you love mm. the material. But I think it's good to throw stuff in there that's a bit off the wall. No,
1: I don't disagree. I think yeah, it's good when you see bands even throw out a new one that you know this. You know, you might be your favorite new album. Like when they did spit out of the bone in London, that they hadn't done it anywhere else. I thought that was amazing. Or they yeah, just do a rare cover or a B side or whatever. Like, but I'm sure they're not going to be Metallica. Wouldn't be that rigid to go. No, we can't do this cover that we all like playing because newcastle don't want to hear it or whatever
2: well i've seen bands do albums in full and sometimes it can be great because you love it and it's the best thing ever and we've talked about this before and sometimes you see it and it just feels like listening to the record i just wonder if it would kind of feel a bit like listening to a spotify playlist not that it would because it's metallica yeah, yeah they play yeah. a great show but i don't know i think maybe you could use it to guide you for inspiration but well, i think choosing it yeah, all exactly. based on it is a bit like mm,
1: but even yeah. if it's like, you know, picks their own set list, which you know, it's not like they're not gonna go, no, nah, we won't go we into Sandman tonight, lads. Yeah, you know, this it's always gonna be the big if they choose it or if the the crowd chooses the set list, it's always like when they did the Sonosphere um was it on demand thing, like you pick the set list sort of thought. Yeah. Of that was that was still even then it was enter sandman's. It was Sandman, predictable. True. Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. But I think as but I think as well there was some campaign in Germany that they ended up having to play St Anger at uh, the, the festival because everyone everyone voted for that and I think they maybe they could, really yeah, yeah of all the I songs think, uh, yeah I think it was a bit like a joke or it was a thing but yeah, yeah. I like that song so whatever but okay. I, but yeah but it's I mean he could say it could be open for you know, to be skewed if everyone in you know. London or whatever it's been. Hey, let's all listen to this really obscure Metallica song. Loads, so you have to right. play it. you could definitely so, see that
2: happening. Someone would start a campaign to just get something really random. Yeah.
1: Put in the
0: set. Well, I've actually got a little caveat for, for this because when I interviewed Metallica for uh, our cover in ooh, about 18 months ago, um, Lars said to me that he has his own personal uh, database that he keeps that he that's how he works out when to pick out surprise songs because he looks at what songs they haven't played in territories for a long time.
2: Oh, makes sense, yeah. Which,
0: I don't know if that goes against what Mr. Eck is saying about Spotify or maybe he looks at, he'll go on Spotify and say, oh wow, loads of people in London are streaming this sort of like spit out the bone we haven't played that anywhere else on tour but they like that so maybe we'll pick that out yeah yeah. because it, from what he was saying they make a point of pick, throwing out songs that they haven't played places in a while so people get a nice surprise or I think that's whatever. cool
2: as well because it shows they're actually caring about the people that go and see them in that area and it is kind mm. of like a special treat then to get new stuff I
0: mean the, the best um, the best Metallica set list I've ever seen was in Roskilde about five years ago and they did Carpe Diem Baby straight into um, I Disappear which was insane and i thought it was interesting to have those two i mean the two songs are actually like six or seven years apart or something but to have those two songs from a quite a specific period in metallica's career kind of like the short hair like when they were kind of doing like more like hard rock stuff mm. both in the same set so i wonder if that's because they did have a look and you know they worked out that that uh, that denmark really likes that stuff or something i don't know right. it's just a very you need a couple of songs to drop one after the other like that. Um so yeah. They obviously think about it a lot though, which is cool. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I think
1: I think Metallica are at that stage now where they just don't bother playing the same set as every night. Obviously there'll be like eighty percent of it has to be there. Yeah. But yeah, course. they will just go, Oh what about this one, what about this one? And if they are picking it on local data, I think that's quite interesting and cool. It is cool. I
0: mean you know, when you look at what Maiden have just done, and uh, as we mentioned you can read much more about this in the new issue. Um yeah. Bruce basically picked that whole set list this time it doesn't always happen Mm. normally it's between Steve and Bruce and you know one of the other guys might have a couple of ideas but Bruce literally just went I want to play this 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 and that because we haven't played them in ages and they're wicked and that's quite cool as well because you're just you're just looking at stuff that you know the Clansman is one of the best Maiden songs ever but it's just not going to get the same reaction as if they bring in Wasted Years or something it's just not but they don't care because they know that there's a good hardcore portion of Maiden fans that will really appreciate that so I think there's a lot of ways that you can work to build a set list that will please people if you're a a veteran metal band as long as you're not just playing the same shit all the time is my main point yeah yeah, I think
2: think that's a really valid point it's like you were saying Luke you want people to switch it up it's better when people do different sets or different dates especially Mm. in the same country because often people do go to multiple dates if they can if they're really into the band and you don't want to see the same set you saw three years ago either Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Totally. I would quite like to see the data as well. I would be interested to see how de- listening habits change from city to city.
2: Honestly, yeah, I'd love I've, to see that because different cities do have different vibes and you know different types of people in them.
0: Yeah. I, I love, um, I love, uh, I don't sound too nerdy, but I Spotify is one of my favourite things to just trawl through to look at data because I think it, I think people who, if you want to step outside of your own bubble, of like so, in, you know, in our in our cases, we're all late twenties to early thirties we grew up in with CDs and physical and everything else. And so it's easy to get stuck in your mind frame of, well, I think this band does stuff like this and, you know, these are their big songs or this is how they operate because this is what my experience of it is. Mm. Um, And then if you take a quick look at something like Spotify, you can look at the data that actually shows you, again, it might be a slightly different demographic overall, but it kind of shows you why bands operate in a certain way and why they think about certain things. You know, I just mentioned um, Biscuit saying Behind Blue Eyes that is their second most streamed song on Spotify yeah, and it's cool. really close to rolling like they're both 100 and something million and the next one back is like 20 million behind it so I don't know if that's because it got used in an advert or a yeah, TV yeah, show or yeah, something yeah. like that which can obviously drive a big spike but if you'd ask people to name the top 10 most streamed songs by Limp Biscuit, who the fuck would think that yeah, the, would, a Who cover like of so. a, a really average album Unless are searching
2: for the Who and they get it wrong and then they play it instead which could be another... Well, yeah. I mean, and that is a way, mistakes. a band's off way.
0: You know, you could, what Disturbed did with the sound of silence and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, random one, just because I was looking up for a different reason. But Mudvayne, what do you think is the most famous Mudvayne song? Dig. Dig. Dig, Dig. yeah. It's not. It's a song called Happy. I fucking love that song. I didn't even know it. I yeah, you no know, know it. Oh, too. it's amazing. It's got, over, it's yeah. got <laughs> over twice as many streams as Dig does. Really? Yeah. It's a great song. It's when they did kill the main It group. was really successful in mainstream American radio. Um, oh, okay. And so, like, it's just a really interesting way of looking at the way bands operate and the way they think about how to position singles. And I imagine why to play stuff as well, because, you know, Biscuit have played that Who cover most of the times I've seen them the last few years. and I've always thought, why are they fucking playing that? And that's yeah, why, yeah. because loads of people love that cover.
1: I'm going to have to listen to that Mudbane
0: song like, <laughs> there. So yeah, that got, not to get too nerdy about it, but it's just good to take a look at what modern music fans are up to. Just you know? yeah so there let's take some reader questions www.facebook.com forward slash metal readers come join the party it's good fun
1: uh jack coker <laughs> asks uh the best bands who have never had a lineup change oh, I, spent I, have ages, the right answer. I spent ages i spent
2: ages trying the to right find answer. one go on ramstein
0: oh that's a good one since day one really yes is it correct answer. i don't think i could do better than that i say i picked rage against the Machine. Uh oh, yeah but they no, Pops, only. Rage are a different band. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I mean Rage only really properly existed for like four hours. Seven years or something. But yeah, still and then fucked off. Um they're not my favourite, but I didn't in fact I really don't like like them. But didn't Rush ne- Rush have never changed members, have they?
1: I don't know.
0: I've got a feeling they haven't. But I spent ages there's only three going of through so.
1: Wikipedia <laughs> putting in bands I didn't think had changed lineups, but it turned out there was some fucking random guitarist for like two years at the start yeah, I think,
0: think I think, I think you can go movies. from I think you can go from debut album yeah okay. because Did that's go. like you know
2: and am own system as well if it's from debut oh, album oh god yeah, yeah. oh yeah uh, yeah. I'll take drummer. them over Ramstein actually definitely. no they had a different drummer but then the, from the first album it's been mm. the same lineup. I think I, mean, I still think Ramstein's the right answer though
0: nah Ramstein have done one classic album
1: <sighs> system are better than Ramstein
0: yeah come on Every album system I've ever done has been fucking wicked. Even their quote unquote worst album was a B-sides album, and that still bit slapped most of the other stuff that came out that year.
2: I prefer Ramstein.
0: What's your second favourite Ramstein album? This is embarrassing. Riser, Riser? It's quite a good answer, actually. That is a good album. <laughs> <laughs> In your face, Merlin. Fine, fine, <laughs> fine. fine. Uh, yeah, but both very good answers, neither of which I thought of. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you would take it from first album personally because yeah, okay. that's the band that produced the magic that made them good. That you know, blah 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 blah. So yeah, uh, yeah. can't yeah. do any better than that really. Well, I'm just looking at random lineups. I've I was looking one. at yeah, no, They've got rid of someone at anything. some point.
1: Yeah, it's fucking rubbish.
0: Oh well.
1: Just be friends, guys. Eminem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> mulk Smash asks via Twitter. I think we've done this before. What's the best festival set ever and then is it a Monomath at bloodstock 2017? A good shout. That, was, that, a a, that was a
1: good shout. It's probably the best Monomath show I've seen, I think.
0: I did this by, um, because I think we've kind of talked about this before, I decided to pick my favourite sets from each of the main English festivals. Like okay, festivals. interesting. So, for download, Slipknot 2009, I'll be stunned if that ever changes. It's the, the defining festival set of our mm. lifetime, I think. Um, from Reading slash Leeds, I picked Maiden 2005. Bit biased, but it, not necessarily the best Maiden show I've seen overall, but it was the best I've seen them perform ever, because they'd just yeah. come off the back of that Ozfest shit show with Sharon Osbourne, and you could tell they were still really fired up and really having at it, and it was just great. And it was a really weird set as well. They were just playing like first four albums, I think. So that was really cool. Uh, from Sonosphere, I picked Heaven and Hell 2009. Mm, okay. the skies opened and it started pissing it down just as they came on with um, uh, the first track off the album, which I can't remember, but it was really good. Um, Bloodstock, I was torn because I want to say Ghost, but Ghost basically just did the same set we already saw them do earlier in the year, so mm-hmm. I think I'm going to say Gezira from 2016. That was so good as yeah. well, was it?
1: Just Pistol over Mastodon who came on after him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm say Gajo this year I'm fully expecting to be even better. Yep, definitely. So, definitely. So good. Yeah, so I've got well, I've got Metallica downloaded in two thousand six.
0: That was very good.
1: Mainly for personal reasons it was the first time I ever saw Metallica and I thought it was just like the best thing I've ever fucking seen. And obviously it's Master of Puppets Info at Donington. Yeah. Uh say Step Note O9, obviously we mentioned that before. You mentioned Reading. Uh, I can't there's nothing I went to Leeds a few times I went to Reading a few times I can't think of anything that's been so defining to me that it's like fuck that, the only fuck other one scary. I thought
0: of was uh, Avenged in the tent at Reading 2004 oh that would been good because that was nuts that was when Waking the Fallen uh, had been out for about six months I think at that point and it was just they were just a different band back then and they've become yeah. a better band since then but it was you know Shadows was still screaming and the set list was just like just all waking mm-hmm. the fool and stuff. So <laughs> it was unbelievable. So I think I saw Pearl Jam at
1: Leeds in 2006. And I'm feeling like.
0: I saw them at Reading that year. That was and great. it was like, oh yeah. But I'm like
1: thinking, oh, I'm seeing Pearl Jam. But I don't remember going, fucking hell, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But at the same time, I think Gallows played that year. And obviously, Gallows at, at, at any festival is just mental.
0: Or was mental. And I think, yeah, because I would you, pick a Glastonbury one, but it would be not metal. So. Oh. Maybe REM at Glastonbury. That was amazing. Cool.
1: Converge doing you fail me this year at Roadburn was fucking Yeah, it's tears. Yeah. It's yes. fucking brilliant.
0: Actually you just mentioned Heavy Montreal um seeing Kill Switch there two years ago was the second best Kill set I've ever seen. Definitely the best Killswitch festival set I've ever seen. I crowd surfed in flip flops, it was so good. Brilliant. <laughs> Come on, Anna.
2: Well, I just picked one and it was Slipknot two thousand and nine. I yeah. yeah. thing as you guys have both said that as well, that's probably the best one.
0: It is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just is. Like yeah. there's other there's so, other yeah. stuff and downloads done a really good job of, I think, massively escaping the shadow of Monsters of Rock. And I think, I think Slipknot was the set that did that. It was like, this is a download moment. Yeah, right? yeah. This is a band from this generation that have stepped up. Um, and you know, it just it was just amazing, absolutely amazing. And that was off the bat. I went to see like half an hour of Prodigy before they even came on. Like, what day. <laughs> unbelievable.
2: Ben Wilmot asks, Manowar were announced to play Hellfest in 2019. Is this a band you'd be excited to see announced for a UK festival, or do they do nothing for you?
0: Who's going to shed their metal cred first? Well, <laughs> they do nothing for me. Thanks, Al. Throw <laughs> yourself on the grenade for us all. Yeah,
1: I Boys. don't dislike Malawar. I sort of I love what they stand for, and and like there's a few songs like that, that I think are a lot of fun and are really good. I think if they played a festival, I'd go see it. But they are not. I'd definitely go see them at the festival, and probably like a, a lot. I actually would say I like Manowar Yeah. I like, I like them all than just dislike them but I think it's they're not at that they're not at that I think they're headlining Hellfest like they are not that
0: band over here I After would like time. to see
2: Brothers of Metal
0: good tune yeah, nice. good tune <laughs> um, I think they yeah it's like we said Luke when they finally they didn't come here for years and then they finally came here for that UK tour and I don't think they sold out on it mm-hmm. from what I remember feel free to correct me someone if I'm talking shit on that but um I just, it did, I just thought it was a little bit underwhelming, the whole thing. And I was quite excited, you know, I was excited about the idea of it. But when they all got here, it just felt like it wasn't... I don't know. I think the biggest problem with Man of War is that they've... For England, anyway, is that people still don't know whether to take them at face value or not. Yeah. Because some people will argue that they're really tong- tongue-in-cheek and they know exactly what they're doing and, you know, the whole loincloth imagery and all the songs about about just how good metal is (laughs) and all that kind of
1: stuff sort of greased up men
0: yeah and it's yeah that kind of faux machismo kind of thing going on Um, and in Europe there's just like I don't mean this as an insight I mean it as a compliment really it's like you you watch Eurovision and like how mad they go for it over there Mm. there's like a complete lack of self analysis in it it's just we love this. It's brilliant and cheesy. Who cares? Yeah. Whereas in England, we're just a bit more cynical and a bit more self-doubting. Okay. Yeah. To go with it, and I just don't look, think they've ever clicked over said. here in the same way because of that. Look at what you don't. said about
2: Elstone. You
0: know. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to spend like half an hour justifying saying Elstone were really good at a festival. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: stupid, isn't it? Just go, well, that was fun.
0: Good point, pal. I was talking shit. <laughs> just enjoy joy metal, but yeah, just like fun. If they were going to headline a festival, it would have to be Bloodstock, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would yeah. be the most metal thing that, that ever would That would be fucking well. brilliant, to be fair. like yeah. That
1: could happen if they're doing Hellfest next year. They, they'll be around.
0: I'd back that. I think that would be a hell of a... I don't know what night it would be, but, you know... Could, I was a say, I was metal say, night. Oh, I was going to say a hell of a Friday night, because it's like, yeah, a metal party, because that's what Priest are doing this year, but, I mean, oh, it could be any of them. Would back oh, i like to see
1: my wall. Yeah, fuck it.
0: So, yeah. I'd be excited to see it, but I think it's... I think it's not quite what it is in Europe so yeah. that would be an interesting thing to see how it would go down uh, Dave Musson
1: asks I sent you question is there a good time of year for a new slash unsigned band to release music in terms of having a better chance of catching your attention and are there points in the calendar that are always stupid busy yes well just and not in yes. Golden Gods week is
0: my answer to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if it's within the kind of month of Golden Gods download happening just don't talk to us because we won't be here
1: Well, that's the thing, that's the weird one, because all the bands don't release music during the summer, really, because they're doing festivals. But during the the summer is when we're busiest, (laughs) so it's it's just like... I'd
2: say lots of big releases come out in September, so September's a really busy time just for stuff. But I'd say lots of stuff doesn't come out in, like, January, Mm. February... So if you really want people to kind of hear your music, maybe beginning of the year is a good time. Like people don't have much money, so maybe they're not going to gigs and stuff. But in terms of putting stuff out and making a noise online, it's quieter in January, February.
0: But is Dave talking about the best time f- to release songs or talking about us listening to stuff? But I think It says he's...
2: in terms of having a better chance of catching your attention so i guess our attention or people's attention in general and if it's people's attention in general i'd still say kind of like yeah definitely the beginning of the year is good because just just not much going on overall in the world in general unless there's some kind of massive news story it's usually just people chilling out after christmas spending a lot of time at home that kind of thing
0: yeah really i mean um mentioned baroness earlier purple is one of my like it would be a shout for my top five albums of the last few years um and I, I don't think it got nearly the attention it should out because they released it on like December 19th or something Yeah, yeah. so it was like everyone was shutting down for Christmas a lot of the, uh, you know personally I think it's always good that, that people do their end of year list and all that kind of stuff I think it's a really fun time to be in the industry yeah. but most of uh, the industry's best albums list totally missed it because it all gone to print yeah, and it all been done December. Um, so yeah definitely not but if you're I mean if you're a new you know, unsigned band um, I don't know really yeah like September's normally, as Elle said, stacked with big releases. Um, in terms of Metal Hammer, we're, we're always listening. There's never a point where it's like, oh, I'm not going to listen to this for six months because we're busy, you know, and yeah, it might yeah, take exactly. a couple of weeks to get around to stuff in, in certain times of the year, but um, yeah, the way we pick up music is always the same. Just ask Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen What's on to Honey Raw this month, Luke? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you wanna listen
2: to blackened hardcore every day.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen to the new Nat Atan album. It's there you fucking go. Fucking brilliant. Right on cue. Fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, it's not out until next month, but it's really good. They're go. new.
0: There you go. Um, so yeah, don't but don't don't do it in Golden Gods Week. Yeah, just, just, don't, just don't talk to us Me. in June. Anybody? Uh, Matt Heeks asks, "Who was the biggest letdown for you after meeting someone you admire?" that made you agree with the term never beat your heroes. What
2: sound is this end on?
0: Well, <laughs> well, let's let us have an answer then. Everyone's great. Everyone's great. No. Uh, I don't, that said, I can't think of any... Like, of people I really admire, like my favourite fans I've had the chance to interview, I can't think of anyone that was a right prick.
1: No, no one's been a prick to me that I can think of. My only, the only thought I had for this, it wasn't just when uh, I met even, it was when I spoke to over the phone, uh, interviewed Mick Foley over the phone. Oh, no. No, no, no. Mick wasn't addicted him. to me. Mick wasn't nice. addicted to me. But basically, it was just for another magazine. And he was promoting whatever book he was doing on a stand-up tour. I think it was a book. And I only pretty much wanted to talk about, basically like, fanboy about old wrestling times. And he had his agenda. I had mine. And it right. and it was very much like, well, when are we going to talk about the book? And, I, and, I, okay, and yeah. he sort of said that to me. And I was like, oh... I'm Really, not prepared for the book questions. I just wanted to talk to you about ECW and you know, that's going really on the funny. Side and all you, this. I
0: interviewed him around the same time because it was it was just before you worked like for Hammer, I think.
1: Yeah, it was like a few months
0: before, I can't remember 2012 ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I did that. I did, I interviewed him on the phone at the same time. and We just talked about metal, it was yeah, yeah, and like it's one of those things where you know, big wrestling fan personally, um, and we got the chance to interview him and I was like oh god I hope he can I hope you can talk about metal because otherwise there's no point in doing this yeah 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 and luckily I happened to ask him about something and he started talking about how uh, one of his characters and one of his promos he did was inspired by Megadeth and I was just like right we're off right. and yeah I thought he was really nice and I don't think we did talk about talk about the book that much maybe a bit at the beginning Yeah, I was just maybe saying. it's because
1: of, of you he's like I didn't talk about the book in that entire whatever squat is next in line on this <laughs> yeah. call.
2: I interviewed him on the same book promotion cycle and we wow. didn't talk about the book we just talked about weird stuff stuff he'd done in wrestling and his weird experiences this is bullshit <laughs> 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 I must have been
1: last in line he's like I, I probably should talk Sorry. about
0: this book you're not in the Mick Foley best friend about no public. no
1: but he it was, it was really nice about it. it it was very much just like I, I felt a bit Embarrassed more than anything, where he was like, "Yeah, but I am actually trying to promote this," and I was like, "Oh, I just want to talk about you getting hurt all the
0: time." Sorry, you had that experience, Lee. <laughs> but yeah, so if if Mel and I had such Mitch, a different experience. Yeah, I'm sorry. One person that just came to mind actually uh, that we talked about earlier um, is Fred Durst. Uh, I interviewed him at Download about five years ago or so, and uh, he was really—I don't want to say he was standoffish, but he was really, really guarded for the first like I'd say 10 minutes um, and afterwards I think I think when he's someone like that because Fred is used to being the joke of metal mm. like everyone used to take the piss out of him and I don't understand why sometimes he says stupid stuff and he comes from an era of bands that a lot of the metal scene have a lot of distaste for um, so he's I think he's used to people taking the piss out of him and he's used to being treated like a bit of a punchline you know mm. and so he was very guarded with us I don't know if it's because of a metal hammer or whatever but it took about 10 to 15 minutes for him to warm up and then when he warmed up he actually was pretty good after that and afterwards I actually said to him like look like I just want to let you know like you're part of the reason I was doing this I got into metal through Lip Biscuit, and I really appreciate your time and everything else and he, that really seemed to affect him he was genuinely like Oh shit, oh wow man, oh shit. And he just t- his demeanour totally changed. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, when he realised I wasn't some piss taker, basically. Yeah, yeah, Which made me wish I'd said that at the start of the interview, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to look like a fanboy or whatever. Uh, of course. So yeah, that was that, at first I was a bit like, oh no, he's really not happy about this, but by the end of it he was he was pretty cool.
2: I always thought that he would be super fun and then when i spoke to him he'd gone through some really depressing times and he was quite downbeat and i was quite surprised because i thought it would be i'd never spoken to him i thought it'd be like hey i'm fred durst and he was not like that at all Mm.
0: yeah that's understandable i mean when he's talking about interesting interviews dave mustaine you never quite know which one you're gonna get yeah i've interviewed him about five times now and i've got him when he's been grumpy i've got him when he's been absolutely brilliant and um, you just never quite know with him. It's always an adventure.
1: <laughs> yeah, a bit, I must be lucky. I've interviewed David, I think, two or three times, and he's been really nice like, all the yeah, time. Yeah. I
0: mean, i have like to say he's been nice more than not. I think yeah. he misplaced it, like, he'd misplaced something important or something when I talked to him one time, so he was really, like, stressed and pissed off. But yeah, generally speaking, I don't know if it's because a lot of the, I don't want to say old guy, but a lot of the veteran bands are a bit more. Chill nowadays, like they—they're yeah, yeah. not kind of all drugged up, drunk maniacs being pricks to everybody. A lot of them are kind of doing yoga and like family people and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So they're a bit more—they're a bit more nice. Yeah, <laughs> it just seems to be more, you know,
1: quote unquote, established bands. I just yeah, chilled now. like there's no point being dicks in interviews. Yeah, space. exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's funny because uh, the first time I ever interviewed <laughs> Asking Alexandria, they were just pissed up and annoying. Um, and I spoke to Ben for an upcoming piece at Heavy this past weekend, and it he was, was a different guy. He really was a different guy. You know, he Again, he settled down, he's had a family, and yeah, yeah, exactly, that yeah. usual cycle, and we actually talked about that as well. We talked about the, the how bands are still on this treadmill of being fed all the drugs and drinks and women that they want, going off the rails, put on tour for ages, and then they have a crisis, and then they come back down to earth again, and I was have been through that. And it was interesting see actually having now been there to see a band that they're most pissed up and weird and obnoxious and just being a bit not taking stuff seriously to just being like a nice thoughtful guy doing a good interview mm. so yeah
1: well, a nice way to end this time.
0: yes wasn't done be done ready for bands while. being nice <laughs> <laughs> hooray what are you guys up to this week I'm going on holiday so I'm not going to be here for the next podcast where the hell are you going I know oh, well I'm actually going on holiday on day now so I'm going to sit after, in... after your work in Canada yes off, off on holiday. hey I did a lot I didn't miss a few bands alright I did some stuff <laughs> all will be revealed in some upcoming issues in Metal Hammer don't you worry about that um, but yes I'm going to go sit by a pool in France with my mates and not look at my phone for a week that's my plan so you're not here next week I'm not here next well, week well next
1: week's the Bloodstock preview Merlin who are you going to recommend for Bloodstock
0: oh my word like one band one band uh Ailstorm uh, <laughs> yeah. no wait hold on let me double check the line up again why who are you, who are you? Well, we'll, get, well, well we'll get Jonathan
1: in for his super metal take and uh, Eleanor and I will actually do some research rather than me springing this on you at the end of the uh, thanks the podcast because I didn't know you weren't here
0: it's funny you say that because I am actually be up at Bloodstock on the Sunday this year. I'll be DJing the Lock In uh, After Show Shenanigans, which I believe are on the Sophie stage. That's right. um, uh, each night is themed, and mine is 2000s. So come down, expecting a lot of fucking Lamb of God, Machine Heads. I might jump a little biscuit track, maybe. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's should be really good fun. But I mean, Judas Priest will be amazing. I think they might steal the whole weekend. Uh, yeah, Gira, we just talked about Nightwish um Airstorm, absolutely uh that all said if you for some reason haven't seen power trip yet go see power trip on that saturday because they just destroy every stage they get to so yeah that's probably my serious hot tip is power trip
1: good well i'm hoping to see i made next week merlin oh fucking hell yeah. getting it all done exactly but um, i'm
0: hoping i get back in time to go to the second london gig on the saturday oh,
1: that'd be cool yeah I'm hopefully seeing them in birmingham because i want to because obviously bloodstock clashes with the london dates unfortunately but I need to see this Maiden tour from all the lovely things Merlin has told me and that you can read in the new issue of Hammer. Yes you it's, can. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna blow my little socks off.
0: As uh, Luke just mentioned, don't forget that the new issue of Hammer is still on sale. Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, Iron <laughs> Maiden.
2: <laughs> Iron Maiden.
0: And on a serious note, we do have other stuff in there as well. that's fucking great. So I do go pick it up and buy a bundle if you want some really cool exclusive Maiden merch that you can't get any fucking where else. Uh, it's all on metalhammer.com subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Acast and leave us a review so we can smash through those charts each and every week thank you very much guys have a, have a nice time next week thank you I'll see Thanks, you in a fortnight <laughs> bye. bye bye guys